Hey, Rich Paramount. Welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is from our midweek service with our youth pastor, Jacob Lopez, and a message he's entitled, Sustaining a Passion for the Lord. Enjoy this message. How many of you guys love the Lord tonight? Man, I love the Lord. I'm thankful, and I'm excited to be here tonight. Um, before I begin, I want to honor... Obviously, our senior pastors, Pastor Omar and Sister Letty, they're obviously my parents. Well, they're on their sabbatical, but I don't want to forget to honor them, and I don't take it lightly to be on a stage like this. I also want to honor our pastoral staff, uh, Pastor Isaac and Lizzie, Pastor Rob and Carly, and Evangelist John and Christina. And lastly, I got to get it all out before I begin. Lastly, I want to I want to thank and honor. My beautiful wife right there. And she's amazing. And if you guys don't know yet, we announced last week that we're having a baby. So, woo, I'm excited. We're, we're excited to finally be parents, finally be able to start a family in 2022. You know, we're, expe- we're, we're accepting gifts right now. So, feel free to bless the baby. Um, but again, I'm excited to be here. Um, just when I think about my wife and I think about the, you know, the baby that we're going to have, the family that we're going to, that we're going to start, I just can't help but to thank God. I can't help but to think about the goodness and the faithfulness of Jesus. You know, when I think about that, when I think about Jesus, it stirs something inside of me. It stirs this passion in my heart. It stirs this passion in my life that that I know will never die out. Stirs up a passion for the Lord that nobody in this world can take away. A passion for Jesus that is constantly being stirred by who he is, not based on what somebody else says about him. You see, tonight I wanna talk a little bit about sustaining your passion for the Lord. You see, this past year we, or the past couple years we've been through this, this crazy thing in the world, right? COVID, this pandemic, and the world is crazy right now. And I learned a few things about myself during this time. It taught me a lot about who I am, and it's even exposed some things in my life. Can I be, can I be honest with you guys tonight? I started to think about this, and, and the biggest thing that I've learned, the biggest thing that I learned during this season is that the passion that I have for the Lord, the passion that I have to serve the Lord, to serve in ministry, to, to do things for God, to lead people, to, to, to just be in ministry and just serve the kingdom of God, it's, it's my passion will always die out if it's founded on anything else but Christ. My passion will always give in if I base it off other people, if I base it off circumstances in my life. Let me tell you, there were moments in my ministry where I wanted to give up. Can I be honest with you guys? There were moments in my life where I thought, you know, I I don't think this is what I'm supposed to do. I don't know if God really called me to do this. And there were even moments where I told my wife, babe, we got to go to Texas. We got to go. Now, Texas is not bad. I I love my Texas family. Shout out to Mike and Hutto, Texas, um, and Angel. Um, But it it was so bad that I wanted to go to Texas. And I didn't tell my wife this, but I'm over here thinking in my mind, well, maybe if I go to another state, 
Maybe if I'm able to buy a house that I necessarily can't get now. Maybe if I have some things in my life that I can't get right now. Maybe if I go to another church where they don't really know me. Maybe if I start new, maybe my passion will stir up just a little bit more. Maybe if I get something I don't have right here, maybe it'll spark something inside of me. And I started to think about that and my passion was dying out. I started to wonder, why, why do I feel like giving up? Why do I feel like throwing in the towel? I've been doing this for my whole life, but for some reason I want to give up. Has that been anyone tonight? And I had to ask myself this question and I continually ask myself this. It's a simple question is, what is sustaining your passion for the Lord? Why do you keep doing what you're doing? Why do you serve the Lord? Why do you have a passion for the Lord? What is it? What's sustaining it? You see, my goal tonight is that everyone in this building would walk out understanding where their passion comes from. Understanding where their passion comes from. And if it's not founded on Jesus, my goal is for you guys to realign that. My goal for you guys tonight is to realign your passion and let it be built on the Lord and not anything else. You see, I believe there's three things, and now these aren't the only things, but these are three things that I want to talk to you guys about. You see, I believe sustaining a passion for the Lord is built on these three. It's relationship with the Father, relationship with others, and a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Can you guys turn your Bibles to John chapter 6? I'm almost done with my intro. Thank you, Daniel. John chapter 6, verse 25 and, and 36. I shortened my scriptures a little bit, so that way, just for the sake of time. And John chapter 6, verse 25 and 36, and I'm going to read this for you guys. It said, when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, you were looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and you still do not believe. Can we pray? Father, we thank you, God, for tonight. God, we thank you, Lord, that we're able to come together. God, and just talk about you, Jesus. Father, we pray, let every word that I speak, God, that they would hear your voice and not mine. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit, God, would begin to penetrate every heart, begin to penetrate every mind, Father. Lord, that they would get the revelation, Lord, that you showed me. And Father, we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing tonight and for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you guys can start my timer in the back, that'd be great. Uh, you guys haven't started it, so please start it. 
Um, number one is this relationship with the Father. In John chapter 6, verse 25 and 26, it says this. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Now, if you don't know, if you've never read this scripture, a couple chapters before this, this is just after Jesus had performed this amazing miracle of feeding the 5,000. He fed the 5,000, we know, with two fish and five loaves. And, and here we have the disciples looking for Jesus. And they're, they're looking for him. And we know that, that Jesus walks on water during that time and, and everything that happened. And here we have the disciples looking for Jesus. Rabbi, where have you been? And Jesus replies, says this, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. You see, Jesus criticized people who followed him only for their physical needs he can provide and not the spiritual needs. They said, well, Jesus fed me a couple days ago. I'm starting to get a little hungry right now. I need to go find Jesus. I need something because I'm starting to feel hungry. I just, where's Jesus at? Rabbi, where did you go? And Jesus gets upset at them and he criticizes them. He said, you're not looking for me because of the signs I perform. You're looking for me just because I fed you. You see, how many Christians today are serving the Lord the same way? How many Christians today are serving the Lord only for the physical and temporary needs they can get from him? You know, sometimes we can go through situations in our life, right? Well, God, I lost my job. You know, I, I really need you to help me find a job. God, I lost my family member. God, I need you to comfort me. God, God, I'm preparing for this test. God, I really need you to help me. I really need you to guide me. God, I really need you to open up this door for this interview. God, I really need the favor. I really need a blessing. And this is all good. Believe me, I, I pray to God when things happen. I ask them for the favor. I ask them to bless my family. I ask them to bless my wife as she's carrying our child. Believe me, I do all these things. But it becomes wrong when the only time you turn to God is when you need a, a little favor. It becomes wrong when we turn to God for just a temporary drink of water rather than the everlasting water you could be really drinking from. You see, we've turned in our, our spiritual satisfaction for something physical and just temporary. And we have a passion not because of who he is, but because we ate the loaves and had our fill. When we're hungry, we ate and we serve Christ just for that reason. You see, not only do we serve Christ by what we get, but we serve him by how we feel sometimes. Sometimes we have a tendency to serve Christ because it's just a bunch of hype. We look for things to hype us up. We go to different conferences to hype us out. We go to this church because there's a prophetic person speaking. Oh God, I, I need a word. And we go from things to different things because we're, we're chasing the hype. We're chasing a feeling. We're chasing an emotion. And we look for different things to hype us up. But let me tell you, our expectations sometimes won't be met. And what's going to happen when the hype comes down? What's going to happen when we turn to something, but it isn't what we expected? What happens when we turn to Jesus for food, but he wants to give you something better than that? 
You see, hype is not always going to be there. Just like life, it, it, it comes up, and believe me, when it's hype, it's up there. I love, I, love, I love the hype. I love when people hype me up, and I love when people gas me up. I love it. But let me tell you, sometimes it comes down. And if I base my life off of that, I become shocked when, it, when I find out what it really takes to serve the Lord. Hold on, you're telling me I have to stop sinning? Hold on, you're telling me I have to read my Bible, I have to pray? You're telling me I have to actually take time to do this? You're telling me I can't, I can't live in sin and serve Christ like other people do? God, I, I didn't, hold on, I, I didn't know it was like this. And we don't know what it takes to serve the Lord. It says in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 and 25, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life will find it. You see, sometimes we, we can become excited to serve the Lord because we want to serve him because everyone else is serving him. But when we find out what it really takes to serve the Lord, oh man, it's too hard. God, it's, uh, it's too much time. I, I, I didn't really know that this was what it really took to, to serve the Lord. I didn't know it took my whole entire life. I wanted to keep some things on the side. You see, the problem with hype in Christianity is it creates a lot of Christians who are just weak. It creates a lot of Christians who, who are just emotional. A lot of Christians who, who can't fend for themselves, who are constantly looking for different things to fuel their passion. It creates Christians who don't understand what it takes to serve the Lord. You see, this culture of hype Christianity is starting to creep into the church. And it's starting to have people cultivate their passion for the Lord based off emotion, based off other people, rather than cultivating their passion from having a one-on-one -on -one relationship with the Father himself. You see, the reason why some of us are getting burnt out tonight, the reason why some of us want to give up, the reason why some of us, uh, I'm just not feeling it anymore, the reason why some of us don't want to come to church and it becomes a burden, it becomes a burden to serve Christ, let me ask you a question. Where's your passion coming from? What is sustaining your passion? I think about me and my wife and we're having a baby and I'm excited and, and I was thinking about this. Imagine if I didn't talk to my wife. Imagine if I, I had just talked to her when I wanted something in return. When I just went to her when I, I needed something from her. What if, what if I barely said anything to her? Do you think our relationship would be great? Do you think our relationship would just be passionate? Do you think she would think I'm the most amazing husband and, and most beautiful person she'd ever laid eyes on? Now, she does think that, but let's, let's pretend here. She probably wouldn't like me. She probably would hate that we'd be having a baby together. She probably would be miserable in our relationship. And our marriage would just be terrible. It would be on the brink of divorce. But somehow, some of us treat our relationship with the Lord the same way. We say a quick prayer before we eat because you got to pray before you. You have to. But that's the, that's the only time we pray to God. We don't read our Bible. 
We don't think about the goodness of God. We don't, we don't think about what he's done for you. You don't think about how he saved you. And we just live life forgetting about Christ. You see, it makes sense why your passion's dying out. It makes sense. You see, some of us can be taking from different wells, the well of social media. You see, I, I, I need to watch that video. I need that 30-second video that the pastor preached. Man, that's, that's awesome. And we, we turn to different things. We turn to, I need that podcast. I need that book. Now, these aren't bad. Believe me, we need resources in our life. It's good. It's good for you. It's there to help you. But let me tell you, what happens if they're gone? My wife shared with me today that, that and we probably know this, that China has, has erased all the Bible and the Quran in the iPhone. What happens when you can't look up a scripture because, oh, I have it in my head, but let me just, let me just type in this word. What happens when you can't look up a verse on your phone? What happens when our church suddenly gets shut down? What happens when you can't watch uh, our live stream on YouTube anymore because they're, they're, they're taking off content that surrounds themselves about Jesus? What happens? Will your passion be able to sustain it? You see, we take from different wells, wells with, with water that will eventually dry up. We take from these different wells instead of taking from the living well, the well whose water will never make you thirsty again. It says in verse 35, it says, Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. You see, all Jesus is waiting for you to do is have a one-on-one relationship with him. Because once you have that one-on-one relationship with him, you then realize that he's all you need. You then realize that he's the true satisfaction. And then you start to have a, a passion that's stirred up. And you know that your passion is going to be sustained through anything because it's based off Jesus. I want you to jump down to verse 60. In John chapter 6, verse 60 and 66, it says, On hearing it, many of his disciples said, This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, this is why I told you that no one will come to me unless the Father has enabled them. From this time, many of his disciples turned back, and no longer followed him. You see, this scripture, just before this scripture, just before I read the scripture, and if you read in the, in the prior scriptures, it says that Jesus is talking about eating my flesh and drinking my blood. Now, the disciples, when they heard this, it said they started to grumble about this, and the word grumble means to complain, and so they started to complain with each other. Man, this guy, Jesus, is crazy. See, I got, to, I got to eat his flesh and, and drink his blood. And they're grumbling about amongst each other. They're complaining about Jesus because they couldn't comprehend what he was really telling them. They couldn't understand what Jesus was saying. Let me tell you, because they had no relationship with him. And so when you have no relationship with Jesus, when he's telling you this hard truth, when he's telling you, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood, 
you can't really comprehend what he's trying to tell you. You see, if they had had a relationship with Jesus, they would have known that all he's saying was, all you need is me. You just need a little bit of me every single day of your life, but they couldn't comprehend it. So because they didn't know Jesus, they couldn't comprehend it, and they left. Disciples didn't like what they heard because they thought Jesus was crazy. They went there expecting that they were going to be fed, but instead he wanted to take care of their spiritual needs, but they couldn't handle it. It wasn't what they expected to hear. Let me tell you, the truth revealed something in their life. See, I believe God will use the truth to reveal where our passion is really coming from. See, we like to hear while the truth can set you free. We love that scripture. Yes, Lord, give me the truth. But a lot of us don't like to hear it. Jesus was telling them, I'm all you need, yet they were offended and they left. See, I've seen so many Christians become offended at the truth that they leave. Oh, that leader told me that I, I can't, that, that leader told me I can't live this way. Oh, I, I gotta leave. And I've seen Christians go from church to church, go from leader to leader. And it's all about, it's that person, it's them. They said this to me, that church didn't handle COVID right. That, that, that church didn't handle that political statement right. Could it be that their passion was revealed with the truth? Could it be that their passion was in the wrong place? See, as I read this story, we know that, that they left because they were offended. We know that they left because they couldn't handle the truth. And I started to think about this. Now, this isn't necessarily biblical. This is something I just thought about. Um, but I started to think about how many people left Jesus just because their friends left? How many people just left Jesus because their family left? Or because they didn't really understand Jesus, and, but other people left, so they decided, you know what, I'm going to go with them. And let me tell you, your relationship with others plays more into your passion for God than you realize. You see, I love our church. I love Reach Church because we intentionally create a culture that's built on Jesus and it's built on each other. It's built on relationships. You want to realize, what you, you want to know why we always go out to eat? One, we love food, but we like to have relationships with others. That's why we have connect groups. That's why we have church. That's why we're open on, and not just online. That's why we have prayer meetings together. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 and 14, it says, there is, there is one body, but it has many parts. But all its many parts make up one body. It is the same with Christ. We were baptized by one Holy Spirit, and so we formed into one body. It didn't matter whether we were Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free people. We were all given the same spirit to drink, so the body is not made up of just one part. It has many parts. The body is not made up of just one part. It has many parts. See, the, this church is the body of Christ. It says one part does not make up the whole body. It's it's configured of a lot of different parts. Let me tell you, everyone in this room has a, has a part to play. Everyone in this room has a very important part to play, and we can't be the body by ourselves. I read this in my study Bible. It says humans have a tendency 
to overestimate what we can do alone and underestimate what we can do together. Sometimes we can think we can do everything. I'm, I'm that person. I don't need help. Don't ask me. I'm just going to do it. But we, we, we think like that when it comes to Christianity. I, I don't need this leader in my life. I don't need to be accountable to this person. Who does he think he is trying to tell me what to do? I don't need this person in my life. I don't need that. And we think we can do it on our own. Well, I've tried relationships in the church. I tried to have a good relationship, but it ended up, you know, they ended up messing me up. They ended up, you know, backstabbing me. They ended up leaving me. You see, it's not that you don't need people in your life or you're better off alone. What you need is the right people. What you need in your life is godly relationships, godly friendships. You see, you need some relationships in your life that will, people that will tell you the truth, right? People that will steer you in the right direction when you're kind of, kind of, kind of swerving in your lane. You see, I believe God places people in your life to help you sustain a passion for the Lord. You see, not just regular people, but also leaders in your life. It says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 13, it says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. It says that Christ himself appointed these people in your life. Christ himself delegated the authority to the leaders, to the pastors, to the prophets, to the evangelists. You see, God places leaders in your life, leaders that, that are delegated by God to help you sustain a passion for the Lord. You see, if you don't have a relationship with others, if you don't have a relationship with your leaders, it's time to find some tonight. I think about... Me, when, growing up in the church, and I think about when I was about 15 or 16 years old. At 15 or 16, I was, I was a punk, all right? Okay? I didn't. How many of you guys have those kids? Yeah, anybody? I know they're, they're at Reach Youth. Don't worry. Um, but I love them. So at 15 or 16, I was, I was a punk, and I was coming to church because I had to come to church. My, my dad's a pastor. And I was coming to church, but I didn't care what anyone else said, Right? I didn't want to listen to anyone else. I didn't, want to, I, I didn't want to listen that I was serving myself instead of serving the Lord. I didn't want to listen that I was sinning. I didn't want to listen that I was ended up on a, on a road to destruction until one day, and, and I don't know if he remembers this, Pastor Isaac kind of pulled me aside. And he pulled me aside over here. This was the old sound room, and he probably doesn't remember this. But he pulled me aside. He said, yeah. <laughs> he pulled me aside and and I, I, I don't know the whole context of the conversation, but all I remember is this. He pulled me aside and he said, Jacob, the road that you're walking on, the path that you're living right now is going to lead to destruction. The path that you're leading right now, you're going to end up alone. You're going to end up with people. People are going to give up on you because you constantly, constantly ignore the advice they want to give you. You constantly ignore the, the leaders, constantly ignore the, others, the other people in your life. And the only person you're going to end up with is your mom. And that's true. My mom loves me, right? But he really said that. 
And, you know, I try to be all cool and, you know, like, try to be all tough. All right, cool, you know, like, I'm good, you know. But it stuck with me. Even to this day, that conversation sticks with me. How many of you guys have people in your life that they can tell you like it is? Have you given permission to leaders in your life to speak into your life? To guide you in the right direction when you're falling off? Do you have leaders in your life that are there that will tell you things that will stick with you for the rest of your life? And I'm telling you, if you don't have those people in your life, you better find them. Because we can't do this alone. One part does not make up the whole body. We need godly people in our life, and we need to give them permission to speak into our life. In order to sustain a passion for the Lord, you need to have a relationship with the Father. You need to have godly relationships with others. And lastly, we need to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 6, verse 63 and 64, it says, The Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life, yet there are some of you who do not believe. You see, without the Holy Spirit in our lives, the words that Jesus speaks mean nothing to us. Jesus says that his words were full of the Spirit, they were full of life. But let me tell you, if the Holy Spirit is not dwelling in you, we'll end up like those disciples who listened to Jesus speak. They're face-to-face with Jesus, who listened to what he said but didn't believe. Jesus had done this crazy miracle. He fed the 5,000. Now it says it was 5,000 men, so we know that there are women and children there. So it's 5,000 to 10,000 people Jesus fed. He did this amazing miracle, yet they didn't believe. They didn't believe because the Holy Spirit didn't dwell inside of their hearts. I want to ask you tonight, how many people, how many of us have missed the voice? How many of us didn't recognize what he was saying because the Holy Spirit wasn't in our lives? You see, you can read the Bible, you can come to church, you can, you can listen to all these preachers online, but if the Holy Spirit does not live inside of you, you will never truly believe in who Jesus is. You will not be able to live a godly life. Jesus can be face to face, but if you don't have the spirit inside of you, you won't get it. You'll miss what he's trying to say. You see, Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit to help us understand, to help us remember what Jesus taught us. In John chapter 14 and 26, and I'm gonna have the worship team come up. It says, but the advocate... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all these things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is there to empower us to live righteous and holy lives unto Jesus. I was talking with my dad, and, and we, had this, we, you know, we had this conversation, and he told me something that, that kind of scared me a little bit. He said, how crazy is it that we can serve Christ and we can do all these things without the Holy Spirit in our lives. See, if we're not careful, we can get caught up in the routine of things, coming to church, worshiping, right? We can even go on outreach. We can even pray for someone and, and actually see them get healed. 
But let me tell you, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 and 23, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive out demons in your name? Did we not perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. You see, the reason why God is able to work through our lives, even without the Holy Spirit, even when our passion is coming from the wrong place, is because God always stays true to his word. Not one word from God is void. It says in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12, it says, The Lord said to me, You have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. Some disciples, these disciples were able to do things in his name, were able to, were able to really do amazing things without the Holy Spirit. They were able to see people get healed. They were able to see people get saved. They were able to see demons casted out of, but they were still denied by their father. It's because their passion was sustained by their own self-ambition rather than through the Holy Spirit. God will stay true to his word. See, let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is there to help you live a godly life to help you get back on track when you're falling off. That's why David says, search my heart, O God, and, and know and take out anything that's not right. Without the Holy Spirit, you, have, you don't have anyone to help you. Without him, we'll find ourselves being deceived. We'll find ourselves creating a passion that's based on ourselves rather than Jesus. So I ask you this question tonight is what is sustaining your passion for the Lord? Why do you serve the Lord? Why do you come to church? See, for the longest time, my passion was sustained off of temporary things in my life. It was sustained off emotion, blessings that I received. It was sustained off the favor that God had in my life. But my passion kept dying out. From time to time, I would wonder why why do I feel like this? I went to church. My dad's a pastor. I should be able to want to come to church. I was on the worship team. I was doing everything in the church and I still felt like giving up. And it wasn't until my relationship with the Father became a priority in my life. It wasn't until that I allowed godly relationships in my life wasn't until I allowed godly leaders in my life to speak into my life. And it wasn't until my relationship with the Holy Spirit became vital in my life that I started to have a passion that kept going. That I started to have a, a passion that was consistent. That wasn't dying out every couple weeks or every six months. And See, tonight it's time to, to allow the truth and the Word of God to reveal where your passion is really coming from. See, the world we live in is, is getting worse. Let's be honest. It's getting worse and worse. And there's going to be a time sooner rather than later where it's not going to be easy to come to church. There's going to become a time where it's not easy to read your Bible. It's not easy to pray. It's not easy to, 
to announce that you're a Christian. It's not, it's not gonna be easy to, to say, well, I just wanna worship today. I just wanna listen to worship music today. But let me tell you, we're living in a time where your passion cannot die out. We're living in a time where it's gotta be able to sustain the worst of the worst. And if your passion isn't built on Jesus, when that time comes, you're gonna give in. When that time comes, you're gonna give up. When that time comes, you're, you're gonna be nowhere to be found. See, when that time comes, I wanna know that my passion's gonna be able to endure it. When that time comes, I wanna know that I put my, I base my passion off of Jesus and not by what somebody else said, not by what I heard, not by my emotion, but it's based on Jesus himself because I have a, a relationship with him. I have a relationship with godly people. I have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. See, the reason why I have a passion for the Lord, the reason why I serve him, the reason why I gave him my life is because he gave up everything for me. He gave up everything so that I can have a second chance at eternal life. He gave up everything so that I can have a chance to actually have a relationship with him. See, not only for me, he did it for you. Everyone in this room, Jesus died on the cross thinking about you. It says in the Bible, while we were still sinning, Christ died for you. And I tell people this all the time, I think it's crazy that Jesus knowing how I would be before I met him, Jesus knowing what I would do, how I would think, how I would act, that he would still die for me. I tell my group all this all the time, I wouldn't even die for me. <laughs> to be honest, we were not worth dying for. While we were still sinning, Christ died for you. While you guys were still sinning, while you guys were, the, were in the world, even if you're in the world right now, Christ died for you. So while we were still sinning, Christ died for you, knowing who you were gonna be, and yet he gave it all for you. He gave it all to, for you because he wanted to have a relationship with you. He wanted to be able to meet you in eternity. He didn't want to talk to you like he talked to the other disciples and say, I never knew you. He wanted to be able to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. He wanted you to be, he wanted you to make, be able to be welcomed into the King of Kings and into heaven and eternal life. See, Jesus died for you guys. And tonight I want to be, I want you guys to be able to have the opportunity. You see, if you're in this room and you've never accepted Jesus in your life, you're in this room and, and you're not living for Jesus. You're not living for Christ. He's not Lord over your life. If, if that's you, I want to give you the opportunity. If you're not living for Jesus, if he's not Lord of your life, if you don't have a passion for him and you're saying, Jacob, I want to know him. 
Jacob, I want to have a chance at eternal life. I want to have a chance at a relationship with him. If that's you and you're saying, Jacob, I want that, I want you to do me one favor. All you have to do is raise your hand. If that's you and you're saying, Jacob, I want to be able to know that I'm going to be with the Father, to know that I'm going to have a chance at eternal life. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Is there anyone in this room that wants to give their lives to Jesus? You see, this is the most important part of the sermon. Not about what I said. It's not about what I preached. It's about you and Jesus. Maybe you used to serve the Lord. Maybe you used to be on fire for him. But your passion died out. And you're no longer serving him. And you're saying, Jacob, man, I, I need to rededicate my life. I need to make that commitment again. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Okay. Why don't we all stand tonight? You see, I believe Jesus is in this room. And I believe this message was very timely because of the world we're living in. See, tonight we need to have a passion that will be able to sustain anything. I said before, this world is getting bad. What are you going to do when trials come? What are you going to do when it becomes hard to come to church? It becomes hard to have the opportunity to give your life to Jesus. What are we going to do? See, tonight I talked about sustaining a passion for the Lord. And maybe tonight you're, you've allowed your passion to kind of be sustained by something else other than Jesus. Maybe you've allowed yourself to feel like you want to give up. Maybe coming to church and Christianity may have been a burden to you. See, it's not until we realize that where our true passion comes from that we're able to know that we're going to be able to last. I want to encourage you guys tonight. If anything I said tonight, if anything spoke to you, I want to open up these altars. I want to be able to pray with you. If that's you and you're saying, I want my passion to be stirred by Jesus himself. If that's you and you're saying, I want to make that commitment I don't, want to, I don't want it to be based on anything else. I don't want my life to be based on other people, to be based on what I see, but I want it to be based off of Jesus. If that's you, I want to open up these altars and I want to personally pray for you. You see, we're going to sing a song and I want you guys to be in reverence for the Holy Spirit because I believe Jesus is going to stir up a passion that will never die out. Stir up a passion that I know will last forever. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.